Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and some other time between zero and 2400 hours. Welcome back to another episode of Controllers and Couches, where we bring you varying, you know, variations of the English language um, and other assorted sounds. Um, usually from me, because, you know, in my elderliness, you know, I like to fall down a lot, trip over a lot, generally sneeze a lot, and generally just make, you know, Noises like a haunted house. Considering it's Halloween, not anymore. This is the f- episode of the first of November. Uh, the, the, this is the first episode oh, yeah. of November. So, if you have ap- have have in fact made it this far, congratulations! You've made it through the Halloween special, which we, you know, <laughs> preempted and started from the very beginning. It was all this for this. Hello, how you doing? And welcome. He's Full Metal Chicken. Yes, I am. I'm I'm, I forgot to introduce myself. I am Full Metal Chicken, and I'm Steph. And it almost sounds like I've fallen off a carnival wheel. Oh, dude, you've got so much pollen in your brain, I don't blame you. Fuck, I could sneeze out a fucking, you know, flower factory. (laughs) Fuck me. So, um, yes. What is new on the the wide world of Oz? Um, Just, like, PhD meetings and stuff. Met with some... Well, obviously, uh, E-Met. You know what I mean? Like, in Internet Met. Yep. Um couple of the students of and um, employees of one lab that I'm trying to get into and yeah nice typical thing of like be prepared to um have a no life just like you did in honors except it's going to be obviously a step more but it's okay we'll be supported which is not to be rude but a lot more than I got the last lab I worked in yeah sadly so it is what it is and yeah at the end of the day they don't seem to be the kind of people that would waste your time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so they seem very nice and yeah. And it's, you'd need to have like a good home lab to be honest with you, especially after everything I went through. Yeah. That was previously. a, uh, it was basically um, like being in a scientific washing machine. Well, look, I'm not going to get into it because if people that some people we actually know listen to this and I don't want to, thing but I'm just gonna say you have to be really you can't rush into things do you know what I mean and so I'm really grateful that everyone's kind of not like um you just sign the documents and get it over and done with if that makes sense like people are like no 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 just you're more than welcome to talk to people here I'll give you their contact information and when COVID lifts you are more than welcome just tell us when and you can come and work in the lab and you know walk around and meet everyone please let us know and so that's really nice and welcoming in my opinion but hey what do i know yeah but um it's just you know a lot a lot and it's unnecessarily like i don't want to say it's unnecessarily stressful but you just have that stress because it's literally worse than a job interview because you're going to see these people more than Monday to Friday. Yeah, so you want to make sure you get along with them and you have a RuPaul and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and you just want to make sure that everything's a good fit and stuff. And they are lovely people. Like, the problem is me, not them. They are already established in their field and stuff. And I and they were so nice. Like, I pretty much said, look, I don't want to waste your time. I'm more than happy if it's just one email just outlining the three questions about, like, lab culture, pace of the lab, um... And kind of like what the, it is, you know, what your experiences are. And they're like, no, nah, no worries. Like, we'll sit in the meeting and all three of us, will, or four, including myself, will chat. And they were, would have been happy to sit there and talk for like two hours. So they were so nice. Yeah, that's great. That's what you need. 
Yeah. Um, and then we did some, well, you did the majority of the gardening. Yeah. I did some repotting. I did some gardening and I found some, um, you know, interesting weeds. Um, so. And if you want to know how interesting they are, they, dun, 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 spoiler alert, killed something. Yeah. They basically killed a rat. Um, a rat, so basically the, the weeds we had in this part of the backyard were from the nightshade family. So nutritious. wonderful. So nutritious. Um, and essentially what it did was, yeah, this rat was a good fucking, what? We measured it. We measured we it. We took photos. We took photos of it. It literally, this ain't no listen, the secrets of, listen, secret of listen. NIM bullshit. This was... I've, as someone who's done behavior, I've touched mice. I have seen training videos with rats. That wasn't a rat. That no. was that was bigger than one of our rabbits. That was fucking huge. It was literally its tail all up. This thing was like eighty centimeters long. Yeah, minimum. Minimum. It, and don't forget, it was dead. So it, it was kind dead. of like. It was. But it wasn't like rigor mortis dead. No, no. No, no, no. It, it was fresh. Um, so yeah, I was literally going through. Um, you know, identifying weeds. Like, I, I studied botany, so going through weeds. So the person who grew up on a farm would study the weeds. Yeah, then let's study a paddy melon and then see how fucking far <laughs> I can throw it like the shot put in the fucking Olympics. Anyways, Across on the topic of head. weeds, I, I, I remembered something, so I, I went and searched it up. Um, there's some really shit weeds in the world, some really, really shit ones. And the one that makes me laugh, but also go, well, that's just shit. <laughs> Better wear gloves with that one. Is the... Acornia crassipus, also known as the water hyacinth. Now, the reason why I say this thing is shit is it essentially doubles its population every six days. It moves completely fast. It's invasive. And it essentially covers the surface of waterways. So essentially what will happen is streams, Clogged. rivers, creeks, get just it's prohibited in australia it is fucked so please tell me we don't have that we don't have it no oh my god we don't have to say we have to call agriculture australia yeah um so essentially we don't have this but it is just completely shit so um obviously they use um certain you know registered herbicides to kill this shit but the problem is they're also you know they look like a cross between a terrestrial like a water lily pad and yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know how to explain it. But if you look at a picture of it, they just look like terrestrial lily pads. Yeah, it's just fucking shit. Like, you know, people go, oh, you know, well... If do... you find it, you must report it. Yeah, similar to uh, razor grass. That fucking shit. Ugh. There's some really... You and, know... then, and then people are like, oh, why don't you let your bunnies spend time outside? One, because there's freaking bats in the area and I don't want them to get freaking rabies. And two, you don't know what's in the bloody backyard. Yeah. And also, on the topic of that, um, you know you know what the like a violet looks like? No, I've never seen a violet before a well, day in my life. Get this. Did you know A violet? What's a violet? I've a never... violet. <laughs> well, <laughs> essentially weed killer doesn't kill violets. It is that strong. You, know you have some, to dig it up. Some shit you literally have to burn. Yeah. Well, that's why they say you got to backburn your property up. Yeah, literally, amount. like Patterson's Curse, that shit goes everywhere. You know, and there's... What was the one that your mum said came into the farm one day because it was under the... In the wheel, like the... Patterson's Curse. Yeah. Yeah, Patterson's... And you guys were like, shit, burn the driveway. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked. Um, and 
just to give you an idea how fucking shit it is. Um, tread, that's the word, the tread of the tyres. Yeah, essentially, it invades cool. shrubland. It, in, it just invades. Um, and it's really annoying because what will happen is it will just Go. spread and any kind of roadside in the country, it, just it, it'll just cover. Um, and it is an absolute fucking shit. However... Um, they're actually using biological control agents like um, crown and root boring weevils. So there you go. Yeah. Well, that'll um, be great when they have to control them in 20 years. Yeah. So the problem is, though, you you look at it, it looks like the, the actual stem of the plant looks a little bit like a dandelion, but the, the lavender to purple-coloured flowers are synonymous with this particular basically if you're doing anything in the backyard just wear bloody gloves wear gloves you don't know what you're going to come across i remember like you know how i've said before on the podcast like my mom had a lot of drain work it has a lot of drain work in her backyard um just because the way the house slopes and the kind of dirt that she had because some dickhead obviously not being her um decided that they were going to get fucking dirt from an olive farm that was clay based and fill the the backyard with that to level it out and I remember once upon a time I was cleaning out the drain pit and with fuck literally hundreds of redbacks. And my mother's like, what the fuck are you doing, child? And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to be helpful and, you know, just trying to, because she was hosing. This was back before, uh, obviously, water crises in the early 2000s. And my mother's like, what the fuck are you doing, child? And I'm like, mum, I'm trying to be helpful. She's like, that thing could fucking kill you. And there's hundreds in there. So my mum, being the smart person that she's literally smoked the shit out of this thing. And then she's like, don't stick your hands in there. Don't fucking do any gardening with it. She didn't swear, obviously. That's me embellishing. But she's like, you've got to wear gloves when you're gardening. You just don't know. Yeah. And also, too, another thing um, is very interesting that people... When they're doing gardening or, you know, when you're driving around the country, a lot of people, this makes me also kind of go, well, obviously... Dial before you dig. Dial before you dig. <laughs> but on that note, interesting fact, you can actually look at the the plant species that are in an, in an area or region, whether it be, you know, be sort of farmland or whatever. Judging by the kind of brush that is along the side of the road or in properties, you can actually gauge the salinity in that particular area. Um, so a lot of people think, oh yeah, you just got, oh, there's no crops or anything. Yeah. The reason why the crops are suffering is because the salinity is too high, too too fucking high. And we're talking an EC range of 16 DS per M. So it's the amount of salt, like salinity. Um, what what unit, what does that stand for? That unit? I think from memory it's, uh, it's, um, DS Brem. It's just Bremen. DS Bremen. Is that it? I think so. DS per, per meter. I think. Um, I probably should have looked that part up first. Hold on. Let me have a look. So. Oh, uh, Desi Seaman Simons possibly. per meter. Uh, it's to do with Is, salt, Oh, it's about electrical conductivity. Yeah. So you put like a. Salinity. So you put the, the gr- rods in the ground. In the ground and you charge yeah. the current between the wires. Um, so in Australia, we have things like salt brush, um, sea barley grass, and uh, buckhorns plantain. The so city and it measures the mole fractions of sodium versus calcium and magnesium. Yeah, 
And Ooh, another thing I love too science is science and chemistry at work. Excessive salinity. Um, you'll actually see the salt crystals on the ground, and it's actually yeah. like a whitish like grey like color. Flat. And um, you can also find that the topsoil is sort of puffy and or thing you can do flowery, is... and um, the plants surviving have these little small pedestals to keep them away from the salinity. So uh, it's really because obviously what's happened is the water table has risen so high that, those... that it's just evaporating off. So mm. that's the thing, and this is what a lot of people don't understand. With um, get your dirt tested before you yeah, move. Yeah, drought regions. It's so hot that the water table and also you know can be affected and if it's rising it's you know just gonna evaporate off it's just really fucking scary so what happens is you get do you get sinkholes when uh you can it dries out too much you can like you can get salt because like you know how the dirt cracks could you fall through that like that's always been a question i have well we used to walk around on salt flats and drive around on them um because you know we're psycho um (laughs) But I remember getting out in the dune buggy and, you know, going across salt flats. That was Did fun. You but you see the tracks behind you. Oh, and you get thirsty afterwards because you're breathing yeah. in all but the But if it's air. rained or something and it's yeah. still kind of you can damp. Taste it. I won't say the other M word, but <laughs> damp. Um, you can literally step on, crack the actual surface, and then you'll go into mud. Wow. Um, but otherwise, there's parts where you just be walking along and it'll just crunch yeah. on your feet. Like walking on snow. Yeah. Like so ice patches. So on the topic of weeds, you look at that and go, um, things like it. vines. You'll see a lot of vines in the area, just killing trees. But saltbrush, and then obviously patterns, Patterson's Curse, and you don't want Patterson's Curse, essentially. And so today when I was out just, you know, doing the gardening, there was a lot of shit in the backyard. Like this particular plant, I'm like, you know, just rolling it up in a big fucking ball. I mean, <laughs> literally in the green a skin. big ball. Like, you know, I could have thrown this at someone and turned them into like some Hall- Halloween, do- you know, sort of decoration. It was awesome. So, uh, yeah. Talking about Halloween decorations, haunting of Verdansk. Haunting of Verdansk. They're get, getting dancy in Verdansk. So, uh, Verdansky. Yeah, it's. Um... All right. Please explain for the crowd your favorite moment. Uh, well, essentially... Uh, I should have streamed it because I deliberately did it because I wanted to freak Rob the fuck out. And when I say freak the fuck out, I mean literally I wanted to make Rob he screamed, scream. He screeched like, what the f- who the fuck is that? So, that if funny. you don't know, there are... T- Listen, my favourite horror icon is Michael Myers. Yeah. I don't know why. It was just like the first creepy movie I watched, right? So, I understand the licensing issues between him and Freddy... But I'm just saying to you, it would have been nice to have a Michael Myers because they had him as a care package drop um, in one of the maps uh, in Ghosts. So I was like, oh shit, maybe they'll do something. But they didn't. So they have Jigsaw and they have Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw, which I wouldn't watch. And I don't watch the Saw movies because that, nah. But anyway, so I did that. And my thing was I deliberately wanted to make Rob scream the fuck out. So, without telling anyone, I bought the pack. Well, I didn't really do it because I had the points sitting there and I was saving them and I did it. And then he didn't notice it until we were dropping out of the AC 130. And you know how the camera pans? And literally he just saw Jigsaw's mask and he shat himself. Yeah, he, he really shat himself. And then I thought, let's go all the way. And then I changed my vehicles. 
to have the jigsaw thing and then the war tracks, which you, know you guys what? loved. You know what? Imagine Warzone, but in farmland. Get this, farmland, but one player is Michael Myers. The only weapon they can use is a knife. Is a knife. Nobody else has weapons. You can only run and hide, but throw stun and smoke. I'm actually devastated that the areas of the map that we normally frequent don't have, like, the items yeah. on the list. How shit is that? And this is the thing. Obviously, we're running around. There's ghosts and everywhere. Ghost but I like some of the... Ghost. Uh, the, the ghost blood. Yeah. The, it's yeah. all, like, stranger things. The blood's just seeping um, out of the ground. And also and play with half your volume because yeah. I didn't do that because we hadn't encountered it up until that point. So I think our fifth match in, Stephanie decided she was going to put her volume back to normal. And we were in stadium trying to get that item. And literally, the I opened the the crate that gave me the item for that region. And a thing crawled out of the crate. And I screamed so fucking loud at 11 o'clock at night. And Rob was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, ah. Yeah, that, that was funny. Um, and obviously, I'm running around like an idiot. And the thing that wrecked it for me was... You'd go into a room and still, as much as I go on about it, everyone tells me, oh, not everyone's cheating, but... You just get beamed. Just get beamed, but we're talking bullets are going round corners, yeah. and there was one thing where I was over near the dam, and I was obviously... We got stuck in dam, and it yeah. wouldn't take us anywhere else But as soon as match. that guy took all our cash... Yeah, like, they left. It booted us to the other side of the yeah, map. Yeah, because he was lagging, like lag switching that portion of the map. So it's just, uh, yeah, bullshit. So At least we got the damn item. Yeah, so we got that's the damn all that item. matters, I guess. Yeah. I think we've... I've got six out of 16. Yeah, we've got six out of 16. So I think the plan is tonight to yeah. work through... So the squad's going to be on and we're going to smash through it. Yeah. All right, um, news. You got anything interesting? Uh, no, just basically big-ass... Fucking rat. And also, just the thing, people not following simple instructions that are laid out by the, the Australian government. Now, I understand it's at the point, we've carried on about it so much over the years, that everyone's like, blah, 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 we don't need to hear this shit anymore. Simple <laughs> fact Where is... We live if... in one of the biggest... Lo the, the place in the world, the only place in the world, with the strictest COVID restrictions. We are over it. We've had enough. Yep. We're going and to talk the, about it. That's all we have thing. to talk about. The, the purpose of a mask is basically just to Cover stop, your fucking cover face. Your, if you sneeze, here's the thing that makes me angry. I saw someone today. I had to go out and get supplies. Good thing I saw them through a window. But they literally took, pulled their mask down. Coughed. Sneezed. And then put it back sneezed on. Sneezed again. Sneezed I hope, again. Did they get kicked out? And put their mask back up. Tell me they got kicked out. I don't know. I was just like, not going in there. Disgusting. But it's reasons like this that now people are... Getting ill. Getting ill. Schools are being shut down. Literally. After literally, they literally just opened two days ago. Literally being shut down. And it's a joke. It shouldn't be happening. You know, but unfortunately, there will come a point and there has to come a point where restrictions will be lowered and everyone goes out about their daily business and continues on with their lives. Because you can't keep everyone in lockdown forever. It just does not work like that. So at some point, it's just going to happen. The virus will never leave the population. It no. will always be there. It'll adapt. We will adapt. That's it. Game over. Like that's it. Once it's introduced, 
because this is what happens unless a vaccine comes out but obviously you will have a percentage of the population because everyone's like this is a conspiracy it's a conspiracy blah 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 so you've got people who are in the conspiracy corner you've got people who aren't in the conspiracy corner i don't care anymore at the end of the day i understand the the science behind it i can't do anything to change it so let's just deal with it so people you know go well you're optimistic or you're pessimistic I just stay at home and I blow shit up in a video game because at the end of the day, I'm not out you getting know, sneezed on. You know, you're not on. the one that is doing the dumb shit. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. That's what grinds my gears. That's what's, you know, being the main vent. I've got one other thing to vent about. So, I was going to make, um, like, wax melts for friends for Christmas and shit. And I bought this silicon mold literally two months ago and it never came. And so today I was like, you know what, I'm done waiting. So I contacted them and said, look, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be difficult. It was supposed to be here eight weeks ago. Um, can you just give me a refund? Like, I'm not going to downvote you or your product or whatever. I just want a fucking refund. You know, you keep the product. And I went back and apparently they don't actually ship shit, according to what other people's reviews have been the last three months. And so I was like, oh, crap, I'm just going to ask for a refund. Um, and then they're like, oh, tell us your address. Yeah. And I've gone, well, I know the address is correct, but regardless, this is my address. And then they're like, oh, sorry to hear that. Um, the shipment shouldn't be that late. Will you accept a resend? And then I'm like, again, thank you for your offer, but just give me my money back. Yeah, just, 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 you know. And what back. I do is if, not that it's ever happened, but if I ever got the item, I would contact them again and say, look, I'm just going to pay for it and... PayPal you the money difference. But just dudes, what on earth? It's, yeah, annoying. Dudes. All right. Um, I have two things I want to talk about in the news. Number one, uh, do you, have you ever heard of the Bad Girls Advice group on Facebook? Nope. All right. So let's give you a quick 30-minute rundown. So basically, it's a bunch of girls who are predominantly my age, like 20s, 30s. You get some teens in there, which is really fucking scary. Because when the group set out, you weren't supposed to be a minor. Yep. And uh, it gives, quote-unquote, advice. So say that your boyfriend is cheating on you and you want to ask them or you find a picture of a celebrity and you post it on this facebook group and you say hey girlies have you found any have you found any item that's similar to this pair of shoes because i really like it does anyone have any alternatives or uh, does anyone have a coupon code for this or that or i'm experiencing this does anyone else have any advice for me or did you go through something similar so that's how the group started out and then two years ago it became a toxic fucking wasteland right yeah and it became something completely different they had their own literal civil war so from that they split up into different facebook groups um numbered one two three and five because three and four are now gone um so now this week the girl who said and they do a lot of illegal shit and they talk about weird shit in front of minors now. Yeah. They accept literally anyone. So one of the girls who actually set up the group, the founder of the original group, she she called herself Queen Amy. But this week, she decided that she was going to go drink driving with her kids in the back seat of the car. What a dumb shit. Literally, apparently she was going over the speed limit. She was swerving and putting them in danger, obviously, regardless of drinking and driving, right? And um, so now, that was finally enough because the bullying and 
harassment that they were doing to some girls who had opinion differences in the group. Um, now people are ripping off their bumper bar stickers and their window stickers because for them that's finally enough. Because they could get past the harmful slut-shaming and they could get past the attacks not being on them, right? But oh no, no, drink driving with your kids, with the kids in the car, that's the final straw. That's... We could accept everything she did up until that point. It's <sighs> fucking bullshit. Like, why do people do this? I don't know, dude. I'm sorry for the kids. I just... Um, second thing (laughs) I actually asked myself what when I read this this morning but apparently a a couple of people from Canada have filed a class action lawsuit against EA accusing the company of saying that loot boxes violate the country's criminal code so what they're alleging is that these guys have bought stuff in Madden and um, they said that it's just like gambling. So you're buying loot boxes with the chance, with the low payout of actual good, decent, epic style loot. Yeah. Fucking. It's some, DLC. It's just fucking shit. Because technically, uh, it's they arguing that it's gambling because you don't know what the loot box payout is. Yeah. So they're just buying loot. I mean, who has that kind of money anyway? To be sitting there buying loot box after loot box after loot box. But regardless, um, you know. Yeah. <sighs> all the big companies. But all there. gaming is technically gambling because when you're really spending think- time, you don't have anything. Like, yes, you can buy the CD case as a physical product, but all the content you're consuming is technically digital. Literally. It's intellectual property. Intellectual property and, you know, just nothing is, like, you're not actually owning it. No, it's not like a physical thing, you know what I mean? So, like, for example, this skin that I got through the, sorry, the um, jigsaw pack, right? Yes, I paid the original, what was it, 10 bucks? For the Battle Pass Season 3. And then it paid for itself for Season 4. And then it paid for itself Season 5. And for Season 6. And I had excess points that I was like. You know what I might as well just buy. Not technically buy. But use those coins to get this pack. Because the game's going to be defunct. In a month. Might as well use them. And have fun with it. But you're not owning something physical. But here's the thing though. How many people will drop off playing Modern Warfare? As soon as Cold, Cold War comes out. A lot of people. A lot of people will. maybe, for instance, I might just... I actually, after what I experienced playing Cold War, I didn't like it a bit. Um, obviously, people are going to say, oh, you're just an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, for me, I would probably just keep playing Modern Warfare. And since everyone, you know, pardon my language, fucked off to mess with Cold War, at least they leave me alone to play the game. You know, that could be it. Because if they're off cheating in Cold War, you know, they're already cheating in the beta, they can leave me to just, you know, play, you know. Probably. I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, like, I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, this game sucks. And then five months in, you have no choice because all your friends have switched over. And then you're left with like, oh, shit, I'm seven months behind leveling stuff up. You know what I mean? I think it's one of those things where you've got to stick with it. The other thing, too, is... I found that as soon as Halo comes out, like the new Halo, I'm 
I'm sold already. I am. Well, people are going to start playing um, the. What's that hacking one? Legion. Something Legion. Watchdogs. Watchdogs Legion. Watchdogs Legion. Everyone's getting ready for that. Um, people are also getting ready for Cyberpunk. And once Cyberpunk drops, you saw what happened when The Witcher Are you getting out. Cyberpunk? Yeah, I'm getting Cyberpunk. I'm literally just going to be... It'll be a week of... What is it about? So what do you do? Is it like Skyrim but futuristic? Think of Skyrim, but you're in a clustered city. And it's very dense, very claustrophobic. So what do you do? So essentially, you can run around and you level up. So, so it's like open world. Mm. Is it like a storyline and then you have to do side missions? Uh, well, it's skill-based setup. So obviously there's going to be, you know, little side quests, main quests. But it's more focused on whether you have a class, say like you're a... What's it not? I'm trying to figure out... Because I was thinking that there had to be a plot because they have Keanu Reeves in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's made by the people that make The Witcher. So it does have to have some semblance of a plot, is my theory. Well, what they've said in this, like the main premise is you're a mercenary. And essentially what you're doing is you're looking for an implant Joy. that will essentially unlock immortality. Oh, Neuralink. Yeah. So... Uh, so it does have a plot, at least. Yeah. It... So it sounds like Infamous Second Son, sort of. It's all to do with um, the cyberpunk trope. I don't know what cyberpunk trope is. Well, it started with William Gibson's Neuromancer. Um, So, obviously, tabletop RPG. So, um, and I look at that and I just go, very, very cool. Because the combat um, mechanisms and the gameplay mechanism are just crazy. But it'll be based around your skill set. So you don't so much just level up, like mm-hmm. level one, two, three, four, five, you whatever. You gotta do stuff. Your skills improve, yeah. so. Like exactly like Skyrim. Though. Yeah. Gotcha, um, I hear. So yeah, that's why I'm looking forward to it. And what else is coming out? Oh, um, not, is it the 30th of October? Um, Little Hope, the next, you know how they had men, they had um, Until Dawn, and then they had Man of Medan. This year's is Little Hope, which we've already pre-ordered, so that will be coming out soon. Yay! Yeah. Yay! All right, anything else you want to say before we get into it? Um, essentially, Cyberpunk is going to be extremely fucking hard. Um, I'm sure they'll have settings. Because I remember from the RPG that it all based around your, I suppose ability to do anything you know so how you essentially your your attitude so it comes down to you can uh adjust your play style however you want to be um and also too with this i suppose you can customize your character and that in itself i thought you played as the guy in the trailer the one on the cover of the game yeah well it looks like that one is um, a cybernetic, um, okay. so doing net running and shit. Like, remember the original trailer that we watched ages ago? I thought that that's what it was. Yeah. So the one that we saw, so they, they were a net runner. So that's okay. essentially you'd be doing, you know, stealth, decryption, hacking, cybernetics, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Alrighty. So, yeah. It is. 
What it is. What it is. It is. What it is. Anything else? No, that's it. You sure? Yep. Good to go. You positively, absolutely certain? Yep. Ready to rock and roll. Okay. You really um, instigated us having this global surveillance topic. Yeah. So today we have the second one in our series, I believe. Today we're talking about Five Eyes. Have you heard of Five Eyes before? Yes. What do you know about Five Eyes? So children at home. Essentially what it is, um, it's an agreement by a certain few countries to not spy on each other and pull their collective uh, information. So essentially it's like joint intelligence. Mm. Um, So where we have ASIO and you have CIA and KGB, um, essentially it's just to do with intelligence gathering for the betterment of the countries within the group yeah so you know that's from what i know it's you're not far off at all to be honest with you Alrighty, you ready Mm -hmm. let me have a sip of water a sip of water yes all right so five eyes is abbreviated to f-v-e-y but i'm just going to say five or five eyes right and it's an intelligence alliance, as you said, that comprises of Australia, which is us, Canada, who we love, New Zealand, who might as well be our sibling, the UK, because we're all colonies, mm-hmm. and the United States, which is the original failed colony. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're still failing. <sighs> That's Donald's fault. Yeah. Um, so all of these countries, all five countries, as it were, ha ha, that's where the word five and five eyes comes from. All of these countries are parties to the multilateral UK-USA agreement, which is essentially a treaty for the joint operation in signals intelligence that was originally signed way, way back in 1946. And interestingly, it wasn't disclosed to the public until 2011. Yeah. So I'm going to get into a little bit more depth a bit later. But the origins of Five Eyes can be traced to um, post-World War II. Um, that kind of period of time when the Atlantic Charter was issued by the Allies to lay out their goals for a post-war world on the 14th of August, 1941. Mm -hmm. Um, So during the course of the Cold War, um, the Echelon surveillance system was initially developed by Five Eyes. I want to talk about Echelon in a different podcast, like episode. Yep. Um, But we will get there eventually. And anyway, they set up Echelon originally because they wanted to monitor communication of the former Soviet Union and the Eastern Bloc, um, although it was, it's now used to monitor even private communication worldwide. So me contacting you could be monitored. Yeah, easily, very easily. Um, in the late nineties, uh, Echelon itself was also disclosed to the public, and this triggered a massive debate, especially in the European parliamentary system. Um, a little less in um, the US Congress. But essentially, everyone found out that their countries were spying on them to some extent, which people weren't necessarily expecting because the idea was that why are you spying on your own citizens when you should be spying on your enemies? Uh, At least that was the thought back then, not that I'm saying... Like, home terror can occur. I don't want to say that a white person can't be a terrorist because that is, well... We already know the trope of, oh, it was a white boy who's 19 years old. Oh, he just had some mental illness. No, he's a terrorist. 
Call it what it is. Yeah. But essentially, um, it also looks at uh, domestic, you know, domestic communication to find potential threats. So, like a lot of the Lint um, Cafe would be an example of them trying to follow up communications afterwards. Yeah. And um, you know how they foil a lot of. Um, they say it months afterwards. They let the news know that oh, we foiled this potential, you know, terror attack. This is how they do it by monitoring the citizens yeah. themselves. Um, so, uh, Five Eyes further expanded their surveillance capabilities during the war on terror. So we're talking about like the two thousands, um, and they wanted to place much more emphasis on um, monitoring the World Wide Web because they knew that a lot of communication capability would be um, carried out in the web. And I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have imagined shit like Facebook and Instagram would be used to plan terrorist or hire or recruit. I don't even know what the word is. I don't even think I want to know yeah. to hire people to... Is that the word? Recruit? Yeah. Um, people, but... Dude, there's some scary shit. Like there are Facebook groups allegedly. They PM each other in like like private message each other in code and stuff, and they just think that no one's gonna find out about it. And uh, don't get me wrong, there are some very intelligent individuals out there which you just don't want to mess with. No. So. Um, look, to be honest with you, sometimes I get scared when I research this shit because yeah. I'm like, um, they those keywords are obviously highlighting. Our IP. Oh, yeah. Literally. <laughs> it's like, remember that one time you were talking about building napalm in yeah. your farm, the family farm, and I was like, how do you even make that? And then so stupid me is like, while we're recording this podcast, no, I'm going to Google, Google it. it. Yeah, let's just Google um, it. But the good news is, is that we upload the podcast from the same IP. <laughs> so I'm sort of stressed, but also not too stressed. Um. So, yeah. So... Have you heard of Edward Snowden before? Yes. I've heard of the guy. I never watched the movie, though. But, um, so he was a former NSA or National Security Agency, is that right? Yep. I think. Contractor. And he, uh, when he blew the whistle and all this, he described Five Eyes as a supranational intelligence organization that does not answer to the known laws of its own countries. And he decided that he was going to leak a bunch of documents back in 2013. And he essentially revealed to the general public that Five Eyes had been spying on each other's citizens and sharing the collected information with each other in order to circum um, circumvent restrictive domestic regulations on surveillance of citizens. So what that means is that, say, um, Australia says, you know what, I'm kind of concerned that our citizens may be plotting a terrorist attack. We can't monitor our own people. So, hey, Canada, can you do it for us? And then Canada would be like, you know what? I kind of feel the same way. Hey, America, can you check on our people? Because you're so close. And America would be like, yeah, Australia, UK, can you do it for us? And then the UK would be like, hey, I only like three out of four, you know, colonies at the moment. So Canada, Australia, New Zealand, can you outsource monitoring our people our citizens so that's how they circumnavigate yep. that so technically they're not so australia is not monitoring their own people but they technically are uh, yeah they're just outsourcing yeah, that work under a contract they'd be looking at it going oh this is very dodgy we can't be doing this so yeah they get someone else to do it for them exactly 
So, allegedly, in spite of all the controversy that surrounds this alliance and their techniques and their methods and their technology, um, their relationship remains one of the most comprehensive known espionage alliances in history. So much so that other countries are begging to be let in. Yeah. To expand the alliance. But again, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, So, they allegedly process a lot of intelligence from different sources so it's their intelligence isn't just restricted to signals. Um, they also involve uh, defense intelligence, human intelligence, and geospatial intelligence. So there's a lot of documents, is what I'm imagining. Yeah. A lot of stuff being passed through. So in terms of the organizations involved, um, there's a a lot. Just a casual lot. I'm going to go through it country by country, if that's okay with... Oh, shit. Why did I just accidentally, uh-huh. like, close that webpage? Stephanie! You're not doing so well, woman. What are you doing? Oh, I love how fast her internet is. It reloaded it. Immediately. Fantastic. Fantastic. And then I just got to, like, scroll. Scroll all the way down again. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to start with... Australia first, Do it. because that's where we live, yeah, <laughs> as we triangulate our position. <laughs> All right, um, so these are departments that I didn't even know we had. Like, I know we spoke about um, Pine Gap yeah. before, so some of those I had heard from, like, ASIO and Austrac when we were talking about them, but some of these other ones I had no idea existed. For example, we have the Australian Secret Intelligence Service, which is ASIS. Yep. It's human intelligence. The Australian Signals Directorate, which makes sense. They're in signal intelligence. Then we have the Australian Security Intelligence Organization, which we love and call ASIO. Um, they're security intelligence. Then there's the Australian Geospatial Intelligence Organization, or AGO, which, as you guessed by the title, uh, is geo-intelligence. And then we have the Defence Intelligence Organization, abbreviated to DO, which, as you guessed, was Defence Intelligence, right? And then we have the Canadians, who have, and from this list down, I think there's only a couple that I would have known, but none of them are from Canada, New Zealand, or the UK. (laughs) There's the Canadian uh, Forces Intelligence Command, the Communication Security Establishment, and the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, in good old NZ. Have th- listen to this. Does this not sound to the most professional of all of them? Directorate of Defense, Intelligence, and Security. Yeah. I feel like those people know what they're doing. You hope. <laughs> and then there's the Government Communications Security Bureau. Did I say that right? Yep. Bureau of Meteorology. Yeah, I think I did. Yep, the Bureau of Meteorology. Then there's the New Zealand Security Intelligence Service, which is very close to our... ASIS, but it's the NZSIS, whatever. Then there's a good old UK, which just says uh, Defence Intelligence, Government Communications Headquarters, which is referenced a lot in a lot of things as um, GCHQ, Security Service, which we know as MI5. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only one I knew. Um, And then then the Secret Intelligence Service, which is MI6 and SIS. Yep. Because SAS was taken. Yeah, by the uh, the guys who like to do the, the very, very dark stuff. Yeah. Um, then there's the US, who have, everyone knows the CIA. Uh, the DIA, which is the Defence Intelligence Agency. The FBI. 
And then they have the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the NSA, which everyone also knows. That's a pretty big one too, um, National Security Agency. So that's a lot of agencies working together, even within domestic kind of policy, I suppose. So let's go way, way back to the 1940s, right? So let's just pause our timeline and hit rewind. Yep. Except it'd be a lot longer to rewind than that. So the UK and the US said, you know what? We're allies. We want to safeguard our nations in a post-World War II world. And so the UK government, who had already established their code and cyber school, I don't know how you can have a cyber school in the 1940s, but maybe they had access to some basic version of the internet then. I mean, we have no idea. And then the US War Department said, let's work in cooperation. And then that's how they decided to sign um, the UK-USA Treaty. And that occurred on the 5th of March, 1946. And then so they set it up to say, look, we're going to share or or we're going to share. I don't know if it was some or all, but they said this is for the basis of all signal intelligence cooperation between um, GCHQ and the NSA. And that's still in effect today. And then in 1948, they said, you know what, let's get Canada into this. And then four years later, 1952, they brought in Norway, West Germany in 1955, and ANZ being Australia and New Zealand in 1956. So at that point in time, Canada, Norway, um, West Germany, Australia, New Zealand, they were, we were, all considered third parties. And then in 1955... The newer version of the UK-USA agreement stated, at this time, only Canada, Australia and New Zealand will be regarded as UK-USA collaborating countries. And that caused a real stir, especially in Norway. And then everyone's like, oh, the joy and privilege of being a failed colony. Off the UK. Yay. And then they decided to call it Five Eyes because, as you can imagine, they have five countries. So one eye per country. (laughs) Because eyes don't come in pairs. Nope. (laughs) Um, They decided to call it Five Eyes because of the five nations responsible. And then shit kicked into gear between the 1950s and the 90s. Um, So you can imagine during this time there's a Cold War. So they're sharing intel, you know, about the Soviet Union, um, People's Republic of China, um, Eastern Bloc countries because of the whole shit that was happening there let's be honest and they termed them exotics because we're not racist yep and then during this long stretch of time uh between the 40 the 50s sorry in the 90s they decided that they would set up the echelon surveillance network and monitor both military and diplomatic communications of the soviet union and their eastern bloc allies and then the SIS and the CIA jointly orchestrated the overthrow of Mohammad Mossadegh, who was the Iranian prime minister of the time. And then in the 60s, they said, you know what, we had such good luck the last time. Let's, this being the SIS and the CIA, orchestrate the assassination of Patrice Lumberg, who is the Col- uh, Congolese independence leader. Yeah. And then in the 70s, they said, you know what, let's get Australia involved this time. Oh, yeah, let's do it. So the CIA and ASIS decided to orchestrate the overthrow of Salvador Allende, who was a Chilean president at the time. And then Australia said, you know what? We've had so much fun here. 
let's bring in New Zealand and during the Vietnam War, let's put in some operators in the Asia Pacific region to support the US. We'll get some British operators to station themselves in Hong Kong because at the time that was a British colony. And together, we all monitored the North Vietnamese air defense networks, which wasn't much of a help. Yeah. But it is what it is. Didn't do much. No, not at all. But don't forget, it wasn't a war. It was a battle. Because Americans have never lost a war. True. True. They're back-to-back World War champs. Absolutely. And, you know, they'll get rid of anything they, uh, you know, that tarnishes their reputation. Like you know their what? polling booths. You know what? Don't even get me started. Um, do you know that the whole thing that initiated the Vietnam War was a ploy? Yeah. I want to do a podcast on that because I heard that the other day and I actually darn near scared myself shitless. Yep. It was an incident that was an excuse. And then you've also got the Cuban Missile Crisis. There's always a fun one. Do you, I was reading the other day and... Um, Apparently, the leader, was it Mussolini? Yep. He threatened and sent people to kill Tito, who was, like, in charge of Yugoslavia at the time. And Tito, like, sent body parts back. Yeah. And was like, yo, come at me. Yeah. Like, let's, if we're going to throw hands down, obviously let's he didn't hands. say that. But see, but like, that's he what literally he said. threw hands back. And then he, back. he didn't fuck around. No. And then... Apparently, Mussolini was like, oh, okay. And then apparently Tito sent people to hang him upside down, gut him, and let him bleed out upside down. Joy. Which I didn't look too much into. Yeah. But apparently the Tito mailing of body parts was legitimate. Yeah. And Jeez. inspired a lot of shit. Wow. But again, and that was I'll look into that, that it That wasn't Tito Puente. I'll tell you that much. Anyway. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> During the Falklands War, the British received intelligence from five allies, especially Australia. I don't know whose was it. I I don't know Falklands. That was before my time. Yeah. What was the Falklands War floor? Probably was a floor, to be honest. Uh It was that between. The Falklands. A ten-week undeclared war between Argentina and the UK over two British dependent territories in South... What is it with the British and trying to fucking take shit that doesn't belong to them? Maybe they just... uh, I don't know. Maybe someone had naan bread. I don't know. No, I'm serious. They just... These fucking colonisers. It was between 82 and 80... Obviously, because it was only five weeks. But it was in um, April to June of 82. Alright, anyway... So Australia had a hand in that. And then this is where shit starts getting to the timeline of when I kind of got interested in military history. Um, And then after the Gulf War, um, an ACES technician was used by the UK SAS to bug Kuwaiti government officers. Oh, let's do it. So they sent an Australian solo to bug the government officers. And then during the Tiananmen Square protests of 1989, the SIS and CIA decided to hold Operation Yellow Bird to rescue dissidents from the Chinese regime. Mm. Yeah. And then um, between 72 and 2000, that's when they really brought and evolved Echelon in, and that was kind of like when it was in operation. And apparently they had it set up, so it swept massive amounts of private 
and commercial communications. So commercial communications being like, for example, McDonald's talking to Hungry Jacks, right? Yeah. And private being me calling you. Pretty much. And you're going to say, okay, so they wouldn't have been listening to phone calls. Uh, think again. Oh, they wouldn't have been reading faxes. Think, think again. again. Emails and other data traffic. So essentially, if something was transmitted on a copper phone network, they watched, read, listened to all of it. Well, there you go. Um, and so they intercepted satellite transmission and public switch telephone networks. So a public switch telephone network is some gov- is a body like Telstra. So the people who actually own the lines in the ground, right? They're a public switch telephone network. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, and they're the people who own the actual lines and therefore the data that technically they own the data that's transmitted across the systems. So they decided to employ the PRISM program and upstream collection systems. So PRISM gathers user information from tech companies like Google, Apple, Microsoft. Um, You know, if you're logging into an app and stuff, they can access your user information through PRISM. And then upstream gathers information directly from communications of civilians via NBN fiber cables, for example, and other optic infrastructure that is carried out, you know, using fiber cables. So, you know, there's cable, fire, 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 cable that's running in the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. They the can that, read all that. The one that likes getting eaten by sharks. Dude, that was a massive thing in the 2010s. Apparently, people couldn't access their PSN for literally like two years. But anyway, um, so that is them looking at the civilian perspective. Um, and people have a lot of issues with that because you may not necessarily want your government to be reading your texts, emails, and Facebook messages. Um, and everyone assumes that your nation monitors everyone else, not that your nation is monitoring their own people. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you'd assume that a dissident nation is trying to observe you. Mm, not, love dissident you know, the nation. Prime Minister of Australia. Yeah, nations. All them dissident nations. Yes. Nations. So in 1972, a former NSA communications analyst blew the whistle in Ramparts magazine, and he alleged that the NSA had developed technology that could crack all Soviet codes. And this was the first time that this sort of technology was disclosed to the public. So you can imagine that people thought that this was just a joke. Like, people couldn't comprehend that something like that existed. And then so over a decade later, in 1988, Duncan Campbell, um, he revealed in The New Statesman the existence of Echelon, which was obviously an extension of the UK-USA agreement. Um, And he said, somebody's listening. That's what they titled the article. And he detailed how the eavesdropping operations were not only being employed in the interests of national security, but were also regularly abused for corporate espionage in the service of U.S. business interests. And may I state, that's a good reason. Because insider trading is a big deal. Embezzlement is a big deal. Absolutely. And again, journalists and news agencies, because let's look at it by the Murdoch standard, they're very um, 
conservative and like to cooperate with governments that are funding them, that they're funding, because um, you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, please sign the petition that's started by Kevin Rudd. Anyway, so, you know, the journalists went running with this story. And then in 96, a New Zealand journalist, Nikki Hager, wrote a book or published a book saying called <laughs> Secret Power, New Zealand's Role in the International Spy Network. And then it was cited by European Parliament in uh, 98. And they wrote a, a report titled An Appraisal of the Technology of Political Control. And then that's when everyone found out about it. Yeah. And people were really running with it. And then on the 16th of March in 2000, um, the Parliament called for a resolution of Five Eyes and their echelon surveillance um, network. And they tried to pass it, which meant that the whole thing would have been dismantled. But three months later, the Temporary Committee on Echelon, which was set up by the European Parliament to investigate the Echelon Surveillance Network, decided that, according to them, a number of uh, European politicians um, were hindering the Commission. And so they were like, oh, maybe we should keep it because, you know, we need it to spy on Finland right now. And then in the US, uh, congressional legislators were warned that Echelon could be used to monitor US civilians. And then on the 14th of May 2001, the US government cancelled all meetings with the Temporary Committee on Echelon. And then according to a BBC report that evening, um, on the 14th of May, the US government still refuses to admit that it even existed. Jeez. So... Since all of that, um, the Alliance decided they were going to t- tackle issues in their own backyard, not just by interfering overseas during the war on terror. So we're talking about the time frame, like from the 2001 to pretty much today. Yeah. Um, so in the aftermath of September 11, the whole like World Trade Center and Pentagon attacks, um, they decided that the surveillance capabilities of Five Eyes were greatly increased as part of the global war on terror, so they had a need for it. So that shut up any discussion about should we dismantle this part and should we cancel this whole treaty. Yeah, but, you know, the chance of... It's a coincidence. Yeah. But it is what it is. And then so during the run-up to the Iraq war, the communications of UN weapons inspector Hans uh, B were communicated by five, monitored, I should say, by Five Eyes. And then the office of the UN secretary at the time was bugged by British agents. Which you need, and which was fun, apparently. Yeah, and then the NSA wrote a detailed memo um, outlining plans of Five Eyes to boost eavesdropping on UN delegations of six countries as part of a dirty tricks campaign to apply pressure on these six countries to vote in favour of using force against Iraq. Which they did. Heavily. Just a tad. Just just, just a tad. Yeah. I, I'm being so heavily sarcastic. Like, yeah, I'm not it, trying to be near a bitch. I'm being serious. But here's the thing. Look what's happened to Iraq now. Iraq is, you know, at least when, you know, former dictators were in control, there was some kind of organisation when America moved in and literally just took all the oil and obliterated it, look what's happened. Just don't even get me started on the Khmer Rouge, you know. Just, uh, just 
It's a, it's a clusterfuck. If a good starter um, thing is Generation Kill, yeah. even if you don't want to watch it all, the book is very phenomenal. And if you can't be bothered reading the book, read the original, I think it was Vanity Fair articles. Yeah. Um, by... Shit, where is my book? Is it Aaron Wright? Aaron Wright? I can't remember. Something right. Evan. Evan right. Anyway, going back to um, Five Eyes. So the SIS and the CIA uh, forged a surveillance partnership with Libya's ruler, uh, Muhammad Gaddafi, because they were like, hey, let's spy on uh, Libyan dissidents in the West. And as um, in exchange, they gave them permission to use Libya as a base for extraordinary renditions. And then you're going to ask me, okay, what does that mean and buckle yourselves up uh this means that the government sponsored abduction and uh extrajudicial transfer of a person from one country to another with the purpose of circumnavigating the former country's laws on interrogation detention and torture so essentially that means that they could um take away his human rights and torture the fuck out of him and the country can't say anything because they've been given permission to be able to do it there you go. It's like the country saying, you know what, we don't give a fucks that they're yeah. one of us. You just take them. Yeah, do what you want. So, it, it takes away your liberty rights, mm-hmm. right? Is that... That's pretty much it, That's yeah. what I'm getting. That's my understanding. So, as of 2010, Five Eyes also has access to uh, SIPR Spurnet which is the government's classified version of the internet. So, you know, they monitor all that shit. And then in 2003, that was obviously when Edward Snowden revealed the existence of um, numerous surveillance programs jointly operated by Five Eyes, and that included, as we spoke about before, PRISM, which is operated by NSA, GCHQ, and ASD, X Keyscore, which is operated by the NSA um, and is also contributed to the, by, sorry, the ASD and GCSB, Tempora, which is operated by GCHQ and contributed to by uh, the NSA. I was going to say NASA, and I'm like, that's not right. Muscular, again, operated by GCHQ and the NSA. And Staterum, which is operated by ASD, CIA, GSC, GCHQ, and the NSA. So let's take a jump until uh, into March of 2014. And the International Court of Justice orders Australia... To stop spying on East Timor. Yeah, stop bloody spying, yeah. And this marked the first time that such restrictions were imposed on a member of Five Eyes. Because everyone just thought you could do whatever the fudge you wanted. And so this is a bad precedent, if you ask me. Not that I'm saying the reason why they set up is a good reason, or what they do is, you know, acceptable in its entirety. But apparently it was an issue relating to a bitter dispute between the two countries over $40 billion of oil and gas reserves in the East Timor Sea. Sorry, in the Timor Sea. So the court also went on to rule that the Australian government must seal documents and data seized in an ASIO raid in December. And then the ICJ, which was the International Court of Justice, um, they're the United Nations' topmost court. So they're the apex of the court system. And they just said, well, their decisions are essentially binding on any member of the UN. 
So what they say rules. They're the big daddy of it all. Yep, yep. And they said that um, Australia shall not interfere in any way in communications between Timor-Leste and its legal advisers in connection with the in connection with the pending arbitration under the Timor Sea Treaty of 20 May 2002 between Timor-Leste and Australia with any future bilateral negotiations concerning maritime delimitation or with any other related procedure between the two states, including the present case before the court. Well, there you go. That was quite simple. But But for the fact that they set the precedent of telling Five Eyes what they can and cannot do... And they still did it anyway. Shh. So let's get into the controversy, the real reason why we're here for the popcorn, yep, right? Popcorn. So in recent years, um, and obviously Edward Snowden revealed that uh, Five Eyes have been intentionally spying on one another, citizens, and sharing collected information with each other. Uh, Shami Chakrabarty, who was the director of an advocacy group Liberty, claimed that Five Eyes Alliance increased the ability of member states to subcontract their dirty work to each other. Um, And again, Edward Snowden really just reinforced this with what we said before, it being like a supranational intelligence organisation that doesn't answer the laws of its own countries. And then because of Snowden's disclosures... um, Things really started leaking after that, and shit hit the fan. So specifically in Canada, um, in late 2013, the Canadian federal judge, Richard Mosley, strongly rebuked the CSIS for outsourcing its surveillance of Canadians to overseas partner agencies. And he was so pissed off about it that he helped form a 51-page court ruling that asserts that the CSIS and other Canadian federal agencies have been illegally enlisting Five Eyes allies in global surveillance dragnets or keeping domestic federal courts in the dark. Oh, geez. So you think about it, a lot of this shit would be black op as well. A lot of this shit would be black op, but the thing is, I think what they're alleging is that it's breaking the barrier between, um, like, state heads. Yeah. Like... And so that's essentially, you know, they can look at all this stuff behind your back and then, woo, found it. Oh, here it is. Yep, got it. No dramas. But seeing it all unfold, you know, is where it is. But the data collection also, too, if it's all, you know, out of state so or out of country, oh, look, you know, we didn't do this. We're not doing this. Oh, they're Oh, doing we're just this. buying information on their own people because yeah. we thought by buying it, we take it out of the enemy's hands. Exactly. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. wink. You know, very, you know, closely guarded secrets, you know. Nudge, nudge. It's Wing, better to have your enemy as a friend, you know, frenemies. I'm my copy of Jen Kill. I don't think we have one. I think I'm thinking about the one I borrowed. Yeah, I think that's it. Sadness. Sadness. Summertime sadness. <sighs> All right. So at the same time, in oh, sorry, a year later, in New Zealand, 2014, the NZSIS and the GCSB... Um, were asked by the New Zealand Parliament to clarify if they received any monetary contributions from members of the Five Eyes Alliance, and both agencies withheld relevant information and also refused to disclose any possible monetary contributions from the Five Eyes. And then the party, sorry, the Labour Party leader David Cunliffe um, asserted that the public is entitled to be informed. 
which makes sense. Like, as much as it's about national security, you you got to tell your people what's happening. You do, but sometimes it's better that the population don't, don't know. know. Like They I can't even at, handle COVID. No, and I think that's a lot of the thing with the, the government. Everyone's focused on COVID. What the hell is going on behind the scenes? For example, how they, they re- the FBI released um, the quote-unquote released the um, UFPs. Yeah. And people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? We've seen this for years. Like, you didn't need to disclose anything. No. So then the, Euro- the European Union, um, their Committee on Civil Liberties, Justice and Home Affairs decided to also release a draft report confirming that the intelligence agencies of New Zealand and Canada have cooperated with the NSA under Five Eyes and may have been actively sharing personal data of EU citizens. Well, you know, how nice of them. How nice of them. So in terms of international cooperation, after Five Eyes was arranged, they didn't really cut the other nations out. They call them third-party partners. So they share their intelligence with Five Eyes, but obviously you can imagine that what they're sharing would be selected. Like yeah, they're a lot telling of the each stuff other what you want to Yeah. It's just enough to stop you from poking. Exactly. Um, and this is considered to be like information about trades. Um, and I would guesstimate that it'd only be shared if it was in the bigger interests of Five Eyes. Yeah. So while Five Eyes is a very specific agreement with uh, specific operations amongst the Five Nations, other non-Five Eye sharing agreements have been set up independently and for specific purposes. Um, so Edward Snowden also said that the NSA has a massive body called the Foreign Affairs Directorate and they're responsible for partnering with foreign countries. So you thought there were five eyes, but there's also six eyes. Um, apparently in 2009, the United States proposed um, that France join five eyes and then that that would have become six eyes. However, Nicholas Zosky made the requirement to be granted the same status as other, as other allies, including signing of a no-spy agreement. And you can imagine that the Americans weren't really happy with that. But the NSA said, you know what, the director of the NSA, I should say, said, you know what, I'll co-sign that. And then he hits the desk of the director of the CIA and he says, I'm not signing that. And then he hits the desk of uh, President Barack Obama and he says, you know what, I am definitely not signing that. And then so France refused. In 2003, reportedly Germany was interested in joining the Five Eyes Alliance because at the time several members of the US Congress um, were pushing for Germany to enter the alliance. And Israel, Singapore, North Korea and Japan were collaborating with Five Eyes at the time. Um, But yeah, they haven't really, it hasn't formed Six Eyes, (laughs) if that makes sense. So they have these other subgroup alliances. One is called Five Eyes Plus Three against China and Russia, because why not, right? Um, And this is where like-minded partners such as France, Germany and Japan from early 2018 uh, have an information sharing framework to counter threats arising from foreign activities of China as well as Russia. Then there's Five Eyes plus Three against North Korea, which is Five Eyes, as well as France, Japan, and South Korea, tying up intelligence information about North Korea's military activities, including ballistic missiles. We, we love ourselves some ballistic missiles. Yes. The 
Then there's Nine Eyes, which is a different arrangement that consists of the same members of Five Eyes working with Denmark, France, the Netherlands and Norway. And if Nine Eyes weren't enough to keep track of, have you heard of, can I interest you in Fourteen Eyes? Oh, let's do it. Um, this was leaked by Edward Snowden. Um, it's officially known as SIGINTC News Europe or SSEUR. And these are uh, 14 eyes, consist of the same members of nine eyes, being um, UK, Canada, Canada uh, what are we, US, New Zealand, Australia, as well as Denmark, France, Netherlands, Norway. And then we bring on um, Tacon, Belgium, Germany, Italy, Spain, and Sweden, yeah? And then they have further intelligence sharing collaborations, which is spelled out as Privacy International. And this is a number of specific, or sorry, I should say there are a number of uh, issue-specific intelligence agreements with certain nations. Um, For example, there's an area sharing amongst the 41 nations that form the Allied Coalition in Afghanistan. A shared effort of Five Eyes Nations in focused operation on computer network exploitation with Austria, Belgium, Czech Republic, Denmark, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Italy, Japan, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Portugal, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland and Turkey. Then there's a club of Bernay, which is 17 members, including primary European states and the US is interestingly not a member. Then, this one sounds really cool, the Maximator. <laughs> and this is an intelligence alliance between Denmark, Germany, France, the Netherlands, and Sweden. Because they're like, if you won't let us join you, we'll form our own. If you can't, if you can't beat them, join, if you can't join them, beat them. <laughs> but you see, here's the thing. As we know, the sharing of, information. of intelligence... Um, is just business. So technically, it's, it's trade. It's trade. But they're trading shit that is important to them. So For then, example, they're not going to say that if it doesn't fit their best interests, interests to share that information. You think they're going to tell them that information? Well, you think about it, though. If you're trading to that extent... You want something. You'd need very unique market principles to you know put that trade into effect. But that being said... I mean, what are the rules for, you know, giving people who are actually looking at this, you know, intelligence, the security clearance to actually not only classify the information within a varying degree of sensitivity, but then going, okay, well, anyone in the building can literally be looking at something that is either least sensitive or extremely sensitive. So how do you prevent that cross? The thing, what they do is... Say that they have a, a fleet of 50 people. What people 1 to 5 know, people 6 to 10 don't know. And 6 to 10 don't know what 1 to 5 know. So the idea is is that people know select portions. People eat specific slices of the pizza pie, but no one eats the whole pizza. But here's the thing. Because if one person knows everything, all a separate foreign body has to do is find that person Kidnap one person out of the fleet of 50 and interrogate them. So you split it up. So here's the thing, though. You've got the UN and you've got Five Eyes. Yes. So Five Eyes is essentially the intelligence version of the UN. However, It doesn't comprise all UN members. No, but that's why Japan, and recent as of now, 
wants to get into I'm getting to it. But no, looking at that statement that we were just talking about, if you've got a country, for instance, look at what America did to Japan. Look what Japan and China are at. Yes, but the thing is that, I was going to get into it later, but allegedly Japan, even though they're so wise, they're so smart, they've got so much technology, and their manufacturing capabilities are higher than anything the world's ever seen, equal to maybe just China. Mm -hmm. They don't have a lot of security. And that's where Five Eyes is saying we are not comfortable with risking the information that they're, as you said, trading and banking on something that is not secure. So essentially, would they be saying that, one, you don't so much have whistleblowers, you just haven't got the parameters in place to protect yes, the information? Yes, it's like saying that you want to set up a land, but you don't have enough service, yeah. and your servers aren't secure enough to handle everything. Pretty much. You know what I mean? It's like saying you want to do internet banking, but the bank you want to do online banking with doesn't have a secure network. So, essentially, you are just going to give them information that's going to be... So, they're so open with their citizens, allegedly. I don't know. I'm not from Japan. They're so open with their citizens that they would not hide information from their citizens if it was in their citizens' best interest. Yeah, so essentially, you know you'd have something that is very sensitive and they just go, oh, yeah. And then that negates the whole... I can imagine, I should say, how that would negate the whole reason behind having... If there's, if you're not keeping shit classified and confidential, it's no longer... I mean, like, you look at North Korea. They can't even search things on the internet. They are... Select people can but other, other people are very, you know... But some people don't even know what the internet is. Most people wouldn't even know what the internet is. Down. Yeah. So it's just... So then they also have the... Um, this is the last one, finally, if you didn't have enough already. The counter-terrorist group. And this is a wider membership of the... Then the 17 European states that make up the Club of Bernay. And also includes the US... So they let the US in on that one. Yep, yep. Um, and the NATO Special commu- uh, Committee is made up of the heads of security of services of NATO's 28 member countries. So, you know, minimum 28 countries and however many separate heads and directors they have yeah. within their secret, or I should say intelligence gathering um, departments. Now, let's get to the targets. Some of these were so fucking questionable when I found out about them. And I'm like, what on earth is that person doing there? It doesn't make sense. Um, they're categorized between notable individuals and organizations. And allegedly, allegedly, in order for a person to be included or put on the list, there must be well-documented evidence based on reliable sources such as leaked or declassified documents or whistleblower accounts that have already demonstrated the person's involvement that was either or is intentionally targeted. <laughs> Right? Mm. So, allegedly, there has to be evidence that someone's doing something worthwhile to be a target. And you're going to say, okay, that makes sense, but who are these people? Have you ever heard of Charlie Chaplin? Yes. Well, the MI5 and FBI uh, said, oh, this guy, um, he's a massive figure in the film industry. 
Um, he has alleged ties to communism, so we should put him under surveillance. Okay. And MI5 agents, apparently in the early 1950s, who acted on behalf of the FBI, decided to banish him from the United States. <laughs> wow, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Uh, Strom Thurmond, who was a Dixiecrat candidate in the uh, 1948... Um, so, have you heard of the Mason-Dixie line? Yes. Um, in the 1948 U.S. presidential election. He represented South Carolina in the uh, U.S. Senate from 54 until 2003. Um, and he allegedly um, was told by Margaret Newsham, who was a Lockheed employee, in a closed-door session that telephone calls were being intercepted between them via the Echelon system. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why a US senator would be, need to be talking to a Lockheed employee. Because when I think Lockheed, I think people building massive engines for war planes. Well, so that could hypothetically be that they're discussing plans for weapons and engineering. And querying. Yeah. Um, then Nelson Mandela... Uh, who was monitored by the CIA and SIS. If you don't know who Nelson Mandela is, Jesus Christ. But he was a, a massive, massive part of de-establishing. Is that the word I'm looking for? Apartheid? Yeah. Um, and he served, president, uh, he served as president of South Africa. And he was denounced as a terrorist by critics and was placed under surveillance by British SIS agents. And in 1962, he was arrested after details of his activities were picked up by the CIA and handed over to local authorities. Well, there you go. A black man in power? Oh, no, we can't be having that. No, 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 you can't, you can't have that. That's... What a joke. I hope you're shocked because you the first female on this list. Yeah. Right? We're talking about Jane Fonda. <laughs> and a, an acting icon. Absolutely a queen of the silver screen. Um, she was monitored by GCHQ and NSA uh, because she is, and well, at the time, women can't have brains and women can't have opinions, and she's very opinionated and she is very politi uh, like politically and philanthropically driven. And because she does, did and does so much act uh, activism, act activism is the right word, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the governments decided to uh, intercept communications between her, her husband, and her kids. Ooh. I wonder if the kids were minors. Because I feel like if the kids were minors, that opens up a bigger can of worms. Who knows? But Jane Fonda. Yeah. I'm not going to call her little Jane Fonda, but Jane Fonda. I mean, come on. Uh, then Ali Kamenai who was a Shia cleric and former president of Iran. Um, he's the current supreme leader of Iran. Apparently he went on a rare visit to um, Kurdistan in 2009 and he and his entourage were targeted for surveillance under a high-tech espionage mission involving the analysis and processing of satellite imagery and the operation was jointly conducted by GCHQ and the NSA, so being the Brits and the Americans. And then John Lennon. 
Um, because again, he was an activist and he was very, very much, out- he's an asshole to begin with, right? Um, he is not a good person. But he was very outspoken against the Vietnam War. And because the uh, Beatles had a very large fan base, and um, let's call them the Justin Biebers of the time, they had a lot of followers and a lot of fans. And fans don't like to disagree with their idols. And so the US government was very scared that um, he would talk smack and get a lot of people to do, not want to enlist and take part and not support the war on Viet- well, the war against Vietnam, I should say. And so for 12 months, the FBI and MI5 launched an extensive surveillance operation to monitor his activities and to deport him back to Britain. Back to Britain we go. Uh, then there's Ehud Elmer, um, who's an Israeli politician, lawyer, and former mayor of Jerusalem. He and the Israel Minister of Defence, uh, um, well, he, uh, Ehud Barak, were included in a list of surveillance targets used by GCHQ and NSA. Uh, then uh, this guy, I feel like, is kind of questionable. But they had uh, Cecilia Bambang Yudhovnio, I think is how you pronounce it. I can't. I never pronounce his final surname correctly. No. He was a former um, chief military observer of the United Nations peacekeeping force in Bosnia. And he was a former president of Indonesia. And he and his wife were placed under surveillance by the um, ASD and NSA because um, they were allegedly sharing details of stuff. Just the occasional email? I don't know if they'd be sending emails in 1949, but, you know, letters surely. Communication of some sort, short. What, telegrams? Yep. Then we have our second female on the list, uh, Angela Merkel, a German politician, uh, research scientist, and a chancellor of Germany. And her phone communications were monitored by the Special Collection Service, which is part of Stateroom, um, which is, again, one of the surveillance programs of Five Eyes. Because a woman in power, a scientist in power... We can't be having that. Nope, nope. And then this one, I was actually quite shocked. Diana, Princess of Wales. Of course. Was monitored by GCHQ, which makes sense because you'd want to keep the Princess but, of Wales safe. But he was also, the mother of the future King of England safe. She was also talking to, you know, Dodie Fayette. Uh, and also the NSA. And she was a firm opponent of the international usage of landmines. So they said, she's speaking about this too much, so we need to get the Americans to spy on her because we can't do it ourselves. Um, And they kept a top-secret file on her, which had more than a 1,000 pages worth of documentation. Her, to this day, her file has not been disclosed and is locked up in the NSA thing. Oh, it would be under lock and key heavily. Like, allegedly, it contains who... Like, they had people following the fuck out of her and, like, they would tack, like, bug her hotel rooms, bug boats, um, vehicles, restaurants where they were going and a whole ton of other stuff. Could you imagine if the princes found out about, like, read that file? Oh. They would be so, rightly so. But imagine that. She's speaking out about something 
that but she was also she was so they weren't ready for her and they no. were so fearful of her um remember when the whole hiv aids yeah and she did a lot of outreach stuff and she was hugging people and people were like oh my god the, the mother of the future of king of england is touching sick diseased people and they cracked the shits about it and she was like get fucked now we're going to talk about notable organizations. So apparently, they don't like the uh, Russian airline Aeroflot. Yeah. I don't know why, um, but apparently, it has a lot of alliances with um, the early Soviet Union, um, and it transported a lot of shit during the Cold War. And we're talking about essential infrastructure. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, so they allegedly did a lot of shit during Cold War. Maybe they were transporting nuclear stuff. You know what I mean? Because it was a Cold War. I don't know. Work with me here, hell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one hurts my heart a little bit. I love Al Jazeera. I follow them. I used to watch them on SBS all the freaking time at 3, 4 a.m. Um, I love Al Jazeera. They're a broadcasting network. SBS plays them a lot. Um, they're out of Qatar. They're a brilliant network. But they don't talk. They form. They don't talk shit. They're really. Um, they tell it like it is, and they spill the lid on a lot of shit. So I have a lot of damn respect for them. I, I'm yeah. not saying they're not. They don't have their own controversies, but they're a very good. I feel as if they're very good. Yeah. And then they have financial institutions, MasterCard, which makes sense because you want to see, like, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, um, prostitute, that comes under trafficking, I understand, arms and big sums of money coming back and forth. You wanted to monitor, you would like to monitor that. Yeah. They do the same with Visa. And um, I haven't heard this before, but the Society for World interbank financial telecommunication and then i had no idea what that was but the acronym is swift as in taylor swift and they provide financial institutions a network in which to send and receive information about final financial transactions in a secure standardized and reliable environment so that's the bank's internet the banking yeah the banking network internet um and you know how you get like banking uh codes Bank yep. identifier codes, they're the ones that assign all that information. Mm-hmm. So anything that's a high value um, payment or cross-border payment, it allegedly goes through this SWIFT um, network. So it makes sense that, again, they'd want to be monitoring it in terms of, oh my God, why is $500 million coming out from, you know, this country to that country. We want to see where it's going and you want to trace it and track it, right? Yeah. That makes sense, I suppose. But also, I'm an ignorant dickhead, but I can't imagine that Russia is paying for shit on a MasterCard. Possibly. I think of, like, I don't want to call it small-time terrorist attacks, but I don't think. I don't know. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But come on. Who's paying... You're telling me Al-Qaeda used Visa? <laughs> I, I laugh in disgust. Not in like, ha ha ha, I made a joke. Yeah. I wonder why. 
Actually, that makes so much sense because they wouldn't think that people would be using a like a normal method. They think that their transaction would be hidden. I take back everything I said. Then Talus Group. And if you don't know who Talus is, um, they're fucking huge. Let me tell you, I think I've told this story before. Um, there is a, a place I used to frequent. <laughs> and um, if you... It was a, like a touristy place, but it was also a farmy place. And um, it was very close to the Talus plant in Victoria. And essentially, there was a lot of like tourist flights because they want to see the country and they want to go, what is it, ultralights? They fly their ultralights. Yeah. And if you came into their territory... That would blow you the fuck out. That you could hear the sirens. You could, you could see... The depending on where you were, you could see the missile silos open up because if you're in their airspace, they will, they will literally shut you down. Yeah. So because uh, so, uh, in Australia, um, Thales, they build aerospace defense security transport, and uh, yeah, essentially to go there, you have to be like by the book. Um, I had a friend whose uncle was an, an engineer. Sorry, an electrical engineer. And he literally would make... He couldn't work anywhere else for a certain point of time before having to do that like contract there. And he couldn't work anywhere else for a certain time after doing that contract there. But he, she said that her uncle was paid the equivalent of like three years worth of she, residential yeah. work. Or uh, I guess commercial work would be the alternative. Um, to what he did in Damn. like a couple of weeks but it's really fucking hush hush and shit. Yeah. And so you're doing a lot of wiring and oh, it's huge. But anyway, so it's like a really big um, military, like they do a lot of the ballistic, but is that the word I'm after? Yeah, they, they manufacture What's the, the word? style. Um, munitions, that's yeah. the one, munitions. They manufacture the style, rifle. So then they also uh, look at, oil corporations such as Peter Brass in Brazil and Total SA in France. They also monitor search engines, which makes sense, like Google and Yahoo. Telecom operators, so Arcel Lucien in France, uh, Belgacom, which if you couldn't guess is Belgium, and Pacnet being Singapore. They also monitor the United Nations because they're like, fuck you for trying to come for us. So they monitor the United Nations General Assembly the United Nations Institute for Disarm Disarmament Research, the United Nations Children's Fund, because they're concerned that they do children trafficking, allegedly, the United Nations Development Program, and the International Atomic Energy Agency, which makes a lot of sense, yeah. I guess, because you wouldn't want someone spilling trade secrets. No. And they specifically don't like universities in China, specifically at Tsinghua University, and the Rach Institute of Physics at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Which, I mean, what are they doing that scares them so much? I don't know. Are they a premier nuclear research facility? Not sure. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, we're talking about high energy physics, astrophysics, quantum physics, nuclear physics... Laser and plasma physics. We love plasma. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Alright. So, yeah. Um, a little bit more about 
home, Gough Whitlam, who's a former Prime Minister of Australia, once con uh, confessed that he had no idea that this alliance existed. Uh, controversy erupted in Canada um, recently because other members of the Five Eyes Alliance released a report indicating that they were ready to sacrifice the online privacy of the public in a bid to increase security. Um, it's also anticipated that the Alliance is mounting pressure on software and telecom companies to come up with ways of overcoming um, encryption. Yep. And all the countries of the Alliance have agreed that the need for the formation and enforcement of laws to gain access to specific data is required. Um, and these laws should be subject to strict safeguards and domestic consultations as well as legal limitations. Um, I actually found a copy of the Charter online. Um, it's uh, the title is Five Eyes Intelligence Oversight and Review Council. Charter of the Five Eyes Intelligence Oversight and Review Council. Um, so pretty much, I don't want to read it all to you, but I think it's three, two pages. Sorry, um, this one document is two pages, and it goes over the parties to the agreement, um, the scope and purpose being to exchange views of on subjects of mutual interest and concern, compare best best fuck. <laughs> the best practices in review and oversight methodology. Explore areas where cooperation on reviews and the share... I've been talking about breast cancer with the lab all day, so I'm so sorry. Cooperation on reviews and the sharing of results is permitted where appropriate. Encourage transparency to the largest extent possible to enhance public trust and maintain contact with political offices, oversight and review committees and non-five-eyes countries as appropriate. They allegedly hold um, at least one meeting in person each year annually at which each council member may be represented by no more than eight designees each holding the appropriate security clearances and the council shall on a quarterly basis hold meetings by means of secure communication so they ain't using zoom no and again people need to have um, appropriate clearances there uh, they have operational guidelines where it's recognised that the intelligence agencies uh, of the countries cooperate operationally under formal or informal agreements, whereas each country has a variation of security of law, of information or official secrets binding officials to secrecy. The council members commit to facilitating information sharing and collaboration between themselves to advance the stated purposes where appropriate and within the respective limits imposed by law, executive or ministerial direction or by other binding authority. But we already know that they allegedly work above the law. Yeah. So, again... I think that this document is very much watered down for the release and the eyes of the general public. You see what I did there? <laughs> Absolutely. Apparently, they've established an executive secretariat of the council to support and coordinate the functions of the council, um, and they reside in the office of the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community of which country? You guessed it, the United States. Oh, we love the United States. Then they have the amendment and termination of the charter, and it states that the charter may be amended or terminated completely or any part at any time by mutual agreement of all council members. Participation or membership by any one council member may be terminated at any time upon notice to all other council members, members should any one council member consider its interests best served by such an action. And if any council member is renamed or replaced, the council member may continue to disclose membership by written notice to all other council members. So that's a lot of um, two weeks' notice you letters you have to write. Oh, yeah, that's a shitload. So it's signed by 
uh, I think it's Margaret Shaw of the um, Inspector General of Intelligence and Security Australia, the Office of Communication Security Established Commissioner Canada, um, Security Intelligence Review Committee Canada. The office, we're talking about all the places we already spoke about, right? And this document was signed on the 10th of the 2nd, 2010. And I love looking at how different people sign things differently. Like Australia is 2nd of October 2017 and you can tell Canada is very Americanized where it's month, date, year. And then you go to Canada, like the next Canada office and it's like month, date, year. And then you get to New Zealand and it's like date, month, year. <laughs> Again, date, month, year. Date, month, year. And then uh, the United States is month, date, year. Month, date, <laughs> you know year. What I mean? month, date, year. Just get with the fucking program. It's meters. I hate converting. It's meters, not miles. Meters. Meters. Be normal. Date, month, year. Date, month, year. Not month, date, year. It doesn't make sense. And they have... Um, they say they, they release um, their annual meeting minutes. And we all know that that isn't real. Uh, it must be such a... Uh, this is me alleging. I had like four like Tim Tams and a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, there was a small breeze that blew the flag northwest. Blah, Listen, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you that they're meeting over minimum two three days. You're telling me that they're going to put that information in this document? No. no. Um, so I was able to get a copy of the 2019 um, minutes. And apparently that one was held in Middle Temple, London, between the 15th and 17th of October, 2019. And the document this time was prepared by the Office of the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community of the United States. Um, and on the first day, they had welcoming remarks... Their keynote address, um, they shared values among the Five Eyes countries and some of the legal, technical and operational challenges that the partnership was facing, especially in an age of big data. Um, they noted that hyper-accelerated changes in certain technologies were identifying potential weaknesses or gaps in their regulatory standards, governance structures and ethical norms. And they noted that it would be important for intelligence professionals to use and oversee these new technologies to make them explainable in order to obtain and retain the public's trust in them. Um, the Canadian delegation um, discussed their recent re legislative changes um, and how it affected Canadian intelligence oversight and review. The Australians discussed new legislation, both proposed and enacted. And again, that was associated with transparency and intelligence review and oversight and as well as some legislation and they wanted to increase we wanted to increase the number of oversight personnel and allegedly they spoke about how hard it is to recruit new employees yeah. new zealand said oh let's talk about our legal and operational changes brought about the re the result of christchurch you know the, the unfortunate mos mosque shooting um and how they were going to identify threats and legal boundaries for hate speech. Um, and then they had to report whether the NZSIS or GS GCSB had any connection to the CIA's enhanced interrogation, detention, and rendition program in Afghanistan from 2001 to 2009. Then the UK spoke about their warrant regime and how they were setting up the Office of Communications of Data Authorizations and uh, how new legal challenges on the horizon would uh, relate to the operation of certain European Union laws on um, intelligence authorities and collection. 
and the, Can the Canadian group and the New Zealand delegators described the results of their successful efforts to share personnel in the last year, which makes you think, what were they doing? Yeah. Um, so that makes me think that Canada is looking at New Zealand's data. Absolutely. If it was about the mosque stuff. The mosque, you know, the Christchurch shooting. Um, so that makes me think that Canada is the one overseeing New Zealand. And then the US decided to talk about their use of cognitive technologies such as AI and machine learning. Um, and they also discussed recent challenges related to whistleblower rights and protections, which you know they fucking said. This is oh, me alleging yeah. and uh, the theorizing that you know they fucking said, take him away and kill him. Bye bye. Silence. Sleepy time. <sighs> Um, and then on day two, that was just day one, right? Day two, they talked about an agency's view on future challenges. Um, and, you know, they attended a dinner party hosted by the UK at the Middle Temple. And on day three, they had an external review um, in, in a discussion to pursue transparency within oversight um, and how there's downsides to pretty much oversight and letting people be independent and impartial um and then yeah so apparently new zealand was supposed to host the meeting um this october i don't know how that would have happened with covid but apparently they were supposed to hold a quarterly conference call in january that they didn't organize at that point in time um and yeah yeah uh, more recently, apparently Five Eyes was investigating the COVID-19 theory that there was a lab leak. Ooh, shit. Um, apparently there was a 15-page dossier highlighted by the Australian Daily Telegraph, which accused China of a deadly cover-up, um, and it wasn't culled from intelligence. So they shared that with everyone. Apparently British and other Five Eyes agencies do not believe that Beijing has not necessarily been open about how coronavirus was initially spread in Wuhan. Um, but they're nervous about getting involved in an escalating international situation. And information was allegedly circulating in the UK, US and Australia and was raising questions about the high security Wuhan Institute of Virology because apparently they have long been researching coronaviruses in horseshoe bats. Jeez. Um, apparently Five Eyes is also lobbying tech businesses like Facebook and WhatsApp to give them encryption backdoors because a lot of terrorism is allegedly organized through these social medias. Um, and this is what you were talking about before, where with all the mounting geological, uh, geopolitical uncertainty, Japan was lobbying to join Five Eyes officially. Um, one of the risks in including Japan and making it six size is that Japan doesn't yet have an effective system of security, classification, and clearance. So that's partly, this is me reading from the article, that's partly because Japan has tended to rely on a much more informal security culture over the years, partly because it's such a homogenous society and its security elite tend to be from, tend to be drawn from very close-knit social circles. So it would be very hard to have the distinction of what is classified information or not. And um, all government staff, subcontractors and prefectorial police officers can be viewed 
as uh, can view classified information currently. Yeah. So you don't want just any cop down no. the street to be reviewing. No, you data. don't want a beat cop. You'd want, you know, exactly detectives and stuff. And then um, Australia said, look, intelligence gathering may not fit with Japan's pacifist constitution because Japan is very much. Um, not willing to throw hands no. unless completely necessary, which I admire. But a lot of people hold that against them yeah. because they want to make sure that a place is going to gun for you. Yep. They don't want another France. No, another day. Not that I'm in, in comparing France and Japan. I'm just saying, look at America. America wants people who are going to die for them. Unquestionably. Yeah. Japan, and rightly so, put their people first. And so that's why Japan is the way it is. Yes. And then they argued that Japan, the counter thing there with, you know, intelligence may not fit with Japan's pacifist constitution. The counter argument is, but they have such a long history of technological innovation and that alone would be a great thing and a great advantage to have them join Five Eyes I mean look at um, space travel everyone was begging the Japanese to use their engines up until Elon Musk suddenly had money to do it himself NASA couldn't do anything without the Japanese no but look how much you know Japan has been bombarded I mean you look at America, you look at Australia, you look at Britain, but you look at Japan. Japan is a dynasty. Has had dynasties. No. And the only way you defeat them is by fighting dirty. Not that I'm saying... Not that we are insinuating in any way, shape, or yeah. form that that is what should occur. We're just saying... Yeah. Much. People give Japan a lot of shit, but honestly... They're, honestly, they are they... so... They are cutting edge. I've never been... So I have Japan no idea besides what I see in the news. agriculturally advanced, scientifically and medically advanced, technologically advanced, and culturally, you know. They seem, and what I've heard and like what you've told me, like they and friends who've gone over there, nicest people, yeah. so kind. Polite, courteous, business ruthless, because that is essentially... They have new version of... Yeah. Business, if business was a currency, they, they would destroy you. They are at the forefront. And see, that's the thing. The rest of the world can't understand them being open with their, you know, subjects. Because you think about it. How can they get right what every other country can't? They've got so many, like in terms of population size... It's huge. Yeah. How do you get a network to run yeah. as good as they do? I mean, look at their transportation systems. Everything. That's an, they apologize. Not that I'm saying yeah. they should need to apologize. But, you know, if they're two minutes late, they're like, two holy hell, we are so sorry. It's a it public wasn't, announcement. You know, it wasn't deliberate. If something happens, they tell... There's none of this fucking um, where Australia Victoria was burning, and our chief police commissioner is not only getting a fucking haircut, but working on her memoir. Apparently, one train was um, late in Japan, so one of the supervisors resigned. I'm just saying it takes a another level. 
it takes a lot to run a country comprised of millions of people in hugely densely populated cities to run as smoothly as it does. Yeah. And you brought up the whole COVID case number thing a few episodes ago. So it's popping. Absolutely popping. So I see both cases of the argument. But at the same time, it sucks that this thing has to exist at all. It's shit. Alright. So, how can you protect yourself online? Um, A lot of people are saying that they use third-party apps that, again, um, the governments are lobbying like... Which one is it? WhatsApp that vowed that they'd never let people access your communication and stuff. Yeah, what ended up happening? Did it work? Did it go through? I thought it didn't. No, it didn't go through. Um, So they pretty much say that they're going to guarantee your data will not be given, handed over. Unless, of course, there's a murder. Yeah, then, you know. Um, So... They also say this. Here are a few tips to stay safe online. Use a good VPN. <laughs> Which, uh, technically, a VPN is traceable. If you had the man hours yeah. to break it down, you could. Because what a VPN is, it's like saying I'm going to ship something to... Some, like, I'm going to send an envelope. But all it is, it's putting that envelope in a bigger envelope. Yes. If you had the time, you could. I reckon you could suss it out. You could. But the basic idiots doing hacking and shit, it makes it a little bit harder to intercept. Yeah. Um, and allegedly VPNs help you stay anonymous and conceal your locations. Um, so third parties who target data from users aren't able to access your data. And then people always say, install web applications and firewalls and antivirus, which sucks if you have a Mac because allegedly you don't get viruses. Um... And so, you know, protect yourself against malicious files, software. You want to bar malicious use, especially when you're connected to a larger internet and shit. Yep. And yeah, that is it. That's all I have for you today. Very nice. I'm sure ASIO had a listen. I wonder if ASIO won't listen, but I reckon we have FBI agents. So the FBI agents, you know how the Americans joke, oh, I have an FBI agent? I don't know. We... I wonder who monitors Australia's web interaction. If so, um, I wonder what they think of me. They think probably very intelligent, very smart. (laughs) You're too kind. You're too kind. I wonder if they're proud of me. (laughs) They will be, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're, like, reading my emails and watching my Zoom meetings be like, I think you're aiming a little too high this time. <laughs> <laughs> you should have stretched beforehand. All right. Um, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. Okay. Um, if you have a specific topic you would like us to cover, we have a topic request form. Um, you can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, Luminary, Player FM, Podbean, Podchaser, Radio Public, or you can subscribe to us via email. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, Swoot, TuneIn, and Overcast. We re-upload on a video format onto YouTube. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you can email us at controllersandcouches at gmail.com. He's Full Metal Chicken. I am Steph Afar. 
Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Have a safe day or night, whatever it is, wherever you are. Yep. Stay inside, wear your masks, social distance. And play more COD, which is what we're going to go do now. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah. So, uh, yeah, on that note... May the force be with you. Uh, live long and prosper. And also with you. Also, don't drop your cheese toast on the ground because the cheese will stick to the floor. Yes. And on that note, we be off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.